The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network. Now on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, this is the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach Matt Nagy, the coaching staff, and Bears management. The Bears Coaches Show is brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, Advocate Healthcare, Verizon, and Miller Lite. Now from Hallis Hall, here's the voice of the Bears, WBBM's Jeff Joniak. And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome into PNC Studios here at Hallison. Welcome to another edition of the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Also joined by defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano coming up later in the program. Good evening. How are you, Jeff? I hear you You emptied the tank today up at Hallis Hall. I did, yeah. Yeah, you emptied yeah. the tank. That's how about it goes. Almost a 30-minute news conference. That's what they said. You know, hey, it's uh, <laughs> let everybody know kind of where we're at. I think it's only fair, and, and that's, that's how it went. Before we get into the details... What makes you so willing to engage at that depth and that level? And you have been this way your whole time here with the Bears uh, because it's a, it can be a tenuous process. It could be frustrating at times for both parties involved, media and, and you as a head coach. But you seem to be very open about making sure you get your point across. And maybe it's for future situations that come up in years to come, situational, down and distance, decision-making and so forth. Right. Well, I believe in, in uh, honesty. I believe in open communication. I believe that's how it should be. I, I know there, there's all everywhere you go. There's going to be criticism. If you can't accept that, then uh, you're you're not made for this position. And and I can accept it. Uh, but at the same time, um, we're allowed to have stances on what we believe and 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 how we believe. Have conviction, right? We talk about with our with our players and in particular our quarterback with Mitch. Make conviction throws. Well, I'm making conviction statements. I believe that and and. Um, that's, yeah, I'm being myself. I'm not changing for anybody. That's who I am. That's why I'm here. And so it's as simple as that. I respect every, everybody's, uh, uh, you know, whatever they have to say or opinion, that's more than fine. But, uh, I think our team feels that they understand that I want that from our team and just, that's just the way it's going. Well, the other thing, and you may or may not admit this, but in many cases, uh, you're talking directly to the locker room every time you take the microphone. Sure. Do yeah. you feel that's the case? No, uh, because yeah. if you start changing messages in there versus out here, and some things are, are going to remain private behind closed doors. There are certain messages you want just for your, your players' ears. But I think the public and, and maybe to a lesser extent the media forget that sometimes. Right. And and there is. You, you have to be able to protect um, for the – for the um, you know the sportsmanship part of the game for your own players, just you know, so there's no advantages given away for whatever reason. So you got to be able to explain as much as you can to um, the outsiders that that aren't necessarily in the building each day, but also let your players know that this is how you feel. And whenever you when you're honest and you talk to people and you and you you're real about everything that you say, it's really not that hard because you're saying the same thing. It's just how much are you saying. So without belaboring any of the topics of discussion, of all the questions you heard last night, uh, yesterday after the loss, and then your 30-minute news conference today, if you could kind of capsulize, because we don't have time to do it all, just what types of questions do you feel that you needed to explain yourself more so than others? They, everyone wants to know in regards to um, the the uh, goal-to-go stuff with not scoring and then obviously at the end of the game with the, uh, you know, with the QB Neal. So... Um, it, it's for me it, again. I could go on and on about yeah, yeah. that. I told, I told, I told you, and I told everybody how I feel, and that's that's not going to change. So, um, the fact of the matter is, you either make the field goal or you don't. That's where we were, and I wouldn't change it again. Where is the burden of a three-game losing streak? Because in this league, 
that's a magic number because of the length of the season. It is what it is. Three-game losing streaks, people start to get a little nuts. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, because every week that goes by, it, it's uh, you get closer and closer to the end of the season, and these games all matter, every one of them. So, um, you know, three and three, you're, you're uh, in a position right now where the only thing that you can possibly do is beat Philadelphia. You can't win two games by winning one. you got to win the first one. Um, and we've been truly tested in a lot of different ways uh, this team has, and so we'll see our we'll see how we respond, what our characters like, how guys are in practice. I I already know how they're going to be, so it's just a matter of us pulling together. Yeah, the, the interesting thing because also the way the division's playing, yeah. you can't you know we're all human though as players too. They, if the if the losses are mounting as they are the last three, and you start looking at everybody else, that that could be a tricky thing for you to negotiate as a coach with your team, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, I mean. You look at a team like the Colts last year. You have a team that was one and five, and they ended up making the playoffs. And what a what a way to to go into the playoffs on a high. But uh, we three and five Dallas right last year. Sure, you so. know. So the the odds get more and more difficult every week that goes by. But um, I, I really think we're and our players are at a point right now where it's just we don't need to sit here and talk about what we want to do or how we got to do it. Um, I think we just need to get out there and just play ball. Have a couple breaks for us, you know, and and then once you get that one win, I've been a part of it. You get that first win, and the second win comes, and the third win, and and you start getting that swag back. I hear it, hear it last night in the locker room. Our interviews after the game, I hear it from you almost every day. Uh, everybody does about sticking together. You know these guys better than we do, and the character in the room and so forth. Why does it need to be talked about all the time? I guess the stick together part. Well, because you, you know, yeah, because it's are. adversity. So in, in, in life in general, like bad stuff happens and you don't, you know, and for us, bad stuff happening is, is losing a game. And then that, that happens three times in a row, people start searching and then everybody wants to go ahead and point the finger. A lot of people do, right? Well, our team doesn't do that. Our team, we, they talk about it. Our players talk about point to thumb, right? And, and, and point to yourself and say, Hey, what, what can I do better? And, um, a lot of that's cliche, but really when, when the players follow through with that and the coaches follow through with that and they realize we're all in this thing together and just trust the process, it'll, it'll – and don't change. Don't get crazy and start changing and doing anything different. Just stick with it and the win will come. All right, let's, let's start talking fun stuff, the X's and O's, because the offense uh, really did play very representative of many games last season where the ball was touched by multiple targets, I think eight or nine. In the passing game, five different guys ran the ball. Mitch picked up a first down with his legs, 388 yards of offense, owned the clock, a lot of snaps. So is that a great place to build from now? It is, and that's, when you're going through these rough patches, you got to pull on the good stuff, and that's what I think our coaches have done a good job of doing is making sure that we that we understand that. We got better in a lot of different areas. We controlled the football. Um, we made a lot of plays when we needed to. There, we, we, made a, we, missed a, we missed some plays in goal to go where if, if – I mean, shoot, out of, out of those four possessions goal to go, if you get two touchdowns, right, not even four, you get two touchdowns, you're in great shape. Um, so – we're 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 just we got to match it up. It's the problem. The problem before was we weren't getting to the. We were number one in the NFL in goal to go, eight for eight. Mm. Number one going into yesterday. Problem was we weren't getting there. We were 29th in getting there. Yeah. Yesterday we get there a lot, and we we don't we don't produce. 
So some is some of it a function of just not being there enough to get used to that kind of performance? I mean, you had 39 snaps in the red zone prior to yesterday. <laughs> yeah, crazy. It, it's crazy. Yeah. So there's a little bit of all that going on, and and, and uh, you know we we got to it'll drive us now to make sure that when we do get down there, we we execute better. That's right up your alley mm-hmm. to come up. Yep. with the- the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy and WBBM's Jeff Joniak continues. Snap, takes and turns, give it to Montgomery. Montgomery to his right, punctures the end zone, in for the touchdown. Touchdown Bears! First of the day, and that was a purpose punch by Matt Nagy. Predominantly running the ball from the 25 into the end zone and a four-yard run for David Montgomery. Bears have the lead, 15-7. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley Financial Advisors, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Here from Hallis Hall at PNC Studios, Jeff Joniak and Matt Nagy. You heard the touchdown call of David Montgomery. Uh, having been an Iowa State grad, and I've talked about it enough that everybody knows that, I, I watched so many of his games last year. I, I felt he's a really good inside the five back, inside the red zone back. I don't know how you evaluated him in that regard, but I think he does have a nose for the end zone if you do get down there a lot. And, you know, things really blocked well yesterday for him. Yeah, he, it was it was fun to see him get going, and, and that's the type of guy that he is. You know, he gets the ball, and, and uh, as many backs, uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and the more touches you get, the better you are. So you saw that yesterday. He broke that nice long run and then had that touchdown run there to start the third. Um, that's who he is. We we appreciate how hard he works, and then the lineman did a heck of a job of opening the holes for him. I, I formation was uh, back in vogue, and I, I, it is a part of the West Coast offense. Uh, and you pull out chapters of it when you need it, and and that was always, you know, when you got here, it's like you you work with what you have, and then you make it work. That's your mindset as an offensive coach and as an offensive play caller and whatnot. So. It worked yesterday, didn't it? Why was it working so well against that Charger defense? Especially J.P. Holtz leading the way in those ISO blocks. Yeah, he did a great job. And, and uh, you know, with Lucas coming in and playing tight end a little bit, he he uh, he paved the way. So, all in all, I just really liked the way the offensive line approached. Their, their mindset yesterday was really sharp. They, they were focused in on on the task that we challenged them on is, is getting better in the run game. They showed it yesterday, and hopefully they, they got the trust from me in seeing that I'm calling more than seven runs in a game. But we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll feed off of that. We'll understand that. I, you know, as as we said, you know, earlier today, you know, eight point six yards per play or per rush in that formation is pretty good. So we'll we'll uh, we'll continue to grow and we'll see where it takes us. Could you not rule out anything at this point, including that becoming potentially a part of what you're trying to get as the philosophy and the identity of a team is to put it on the shoulders of your offensive lineman? And a secondary question to that. Did they ask you for it this week? Yeah, they, they were. They we were all in it together and knowing that hey, it, it's we need to be better in the run game. We can't be so one dimensional, and it's a, it's we just all got to do our jobs better, coaches and players. Um, and so I don't know where it'll end up taking us uh, without giving away too much. Yeah, you right. Know, but there's a lot of there was a lot of good there. Um, but at the same time, we a lot, we have a lot of other good players as well that can that are off the field in that formation. So you just, it's a balance when, when's too much, when's not enough. And how do you mesh it together so that it makes it advantageous to the offense uh, and, and hard for the defense. All right, let's talk Mitch. Uh, other than those two turnovers, obviously he'd like both of them back. He explained them in detail about how it all went down. He was very forthright about it. 
there were steps taken in the positive direction. As you said, there, there were plenty of conviction throws and there were explosives that you can also build on. There were. He, he made, some, uh, he made some, some really good throws in that game yesterday. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's, always, uh, it's never as good as you think it is and it's never as bad as you think it is. That, that is an old adage that always holds up. And you saw throws that he made in the middle of the field. Uh, footwork was much better. Nice rhythm with his feet. When he made strong throws, it just comes down. It, you know, everyone remembers the the intercept because they're turnovers and they're crucial. They're critical, you know, and, and he knows that. So we're just trying to get him to the point of when, hey, in that situation, young quarterback in that situation, just dump it down um, to, to, you know, to the wide receiver there, second and eight. And he'll learn from that. I, I promise you he will. And, and th- that's that. And the fumble, he said two hands on the ball. Okay, that sounds easy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not so easy when you're under heat. Yeah, there, there's so, a lot of big boys in there yeah. flying around doing different things, and that was one that uh, just ended up getting them. Anthony Miller, uh, he wants to be a major part of this. Was that another giant step in the right direction for Anthony? It was. He he brings a lot of energy, passion to the game. Uh, he always knows and feels he's going to win every one on one battle. I love that about him. It's just a matter of honing in his details within the system, and he's done that. He's he's proving that, and, I, and that's credit to Mike Furry for really uh, pushing those guys, and I, I really love the way those wide receivers are playing. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they, they You got him some rest, 42 snaps, uh, and other than a couple of big plays, obviously on the one scoring drive, the short scoring drive, but against a Hall of Fame quarterback like that, you, you know you're going to get something like that. It almost felt a little bit like week one. Guys had Aaron Rodgers and, and those guys back on their heels. Boom, one big play. Right. That's how fine line it is. It is. It is. It really is. And you look at they had 10, 10 drives yesterday, the Chargers did. And of those 10 drives, they only had one drive that was more than four plays. There was a bunch of three and outs. They had a 14-play drive, uh, you know, where, where they ended up getting that field goal to start the third. And then they also they had that quick strike with the, the four-play touchdown with the big play. So, But all in all, I really liked the way our defense played. Um, they, they, I thought they, they got it back from the, la- the previous two weeks. So that combination, along with our offense, we didn't get the win, but we felt like we, got, we improved. Now, more of the Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Shotgun, four receivers, Mitch going to throw in trouble, spinning away from trouble, breaks a tackle, runs up field 30, 25-20, down to the 21-yard line, and a first down scramble. Mitch Trubisky's first first down scramble since week one, gain of 12 on the scramble, 43 seconds. Be sure to swing by the Middle Light Chicago Bears Ultimate Tailgate before the next Bears home game, November 10th. Enjoy food, drinks, music, and other Bears activities as you make your way to the game. Located at the Field Museum, the Ultimate Tailgate, free for fans of all ages, and opens two hours before kickoff through one hour post-game. Back with Coach Nagy. Did you have fun calling plays again yesterday? I did, yeah. And it's always a lot better when you're getting first downs. I didn't have fun there in the, uh, in the, in the red zone just because we weren't. You know, that, yeah. that's who we are. We know we can be better than that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited to get back at it with our guys. I know they're going to be hungry and, and want to get back down in that red zone and that goal to go against so that we can strike. ton of attention paid to it every practice week, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys put oh, a yeah. lot of time in it, so that, that's, that's where the money's made, the green zone of some Paul, the red zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just getting close. When, you, when you're down there, especially after a sudden change of turnover, you've you got to get a touchdown. It's as simple as that. It, it, we understand that. We, we, uh, we're not oblivious to it. We're not, we don't want field goals. That's not what we're shooting for. 
Uh, and so touchdowns, not field goals. All right, back to the defense a minute because, uh, in, in particular, I felt this was going to be a, a big game on the linebackers. You could say every game, but just because of the versatility that they have there with Austin Eckler for one and Rivers being very content to throw the ball to an area and expect somebody to be there, did they step up? I thought Roquan played a very outwardly emotional game. Roquan was flying around. That was so good to see. Danny was moving around really well too. So that that's such an integral part of our defense, being able to to uh, let our guys up front break down the line of scrimmage, and then they can fly around second level and make tackles and do different things. And you you just really felt it. You saw it. Some of that too, Jeff, as you know, goes to the fact that the offense was able to to keep the defense rested. The re- the defense isn't out there for seventy eighty plays. They're out there for half of that. Uh, so that that's a that's a uh, a recipe for us to to understand, and, and I just really like the way that whole defense in general, that they played really fast. And they did their part, too, in the early part. I mean, five straight third down and outs, you know. So yeah. he, had, he had a really difficult time trying to convert on third down that, that the uh, the Chargers did. So that that is really what this defense is all about. They were one of the best in the league last year at it, so that started to add up uh, quite a bit. Um, and then the play of the special teams unit uh, overall, you know, other than Eddie, you know, in terms of what happened there. But, you know, he, he made a comment after the game. Is, is this something that you will have to think about as a coach, too, and, and with Chris Tabor? is i got to beat the wind because the wind can always play tricks with any kid yeah. that comes in here. Yeah, no, that's that's certainly a part of it. They, they know that, and that's why they go down to the field and practice as well to get that practice in there and understand the way that wind swirls. Um, you know, as far as the confidence goes with where we're at as a team and as a as a family, we – we uh, none of that has wavered at all with Eddie. Uh, he's a great kid that that uh, is going to nail the next one we get. All right, let's talk Eagles. Uh, a playoff rematch with your buddy Doug Peterson. Look at the grinner, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> all in the family here, right? Yeah, it's yeah. All no, in the family. It, it, it's it's a uh, they're coming off a, a big win on the road in Buffalo. Um, you know, running the ball a lot they did, and uh, so it, it's it'll be a uh, that's always a difficult place to play in uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, is always a challenge. They'll be loud and they love their team. And uh, but no, they gotta they gotta right now. Um, you know, Wentz is is playing really well in the red zone and on third down, he's playing really well. Uh, and you know, with Deshaun Jackson being out the last couple times or last couple games, uh, you, you can see you know Alshon and and Engelar and their O line is they got their tight ends back. So they're I mean they're just they're well rounded. Doug does a great job on offense defensively. They fly around. You know Fletcher Cox on the inside, Brandon Graham on the outside there on the edge. Uh, they, they were they're a handful. Uh, their backers move around pretty good, and so it's going to be a big challenge on the road. We got to be sharp and be be uh, really focused in. With that double tight end package that they have, it's it's a go to, isn't it? With those two guys, it is. Yeah, they they have. It's a nice combo that they have in regards to a U tight end in Ertz and then in Goddard a, a Y tight end, and that I think they're number one in the NFL in Tiger or twelve personnel or Tiger personnel. Those two guys, those two tight ends, the two wide receivers, and the one running back. That's the that's what they do a lot of, and they're good at it. They complement each other well. Their run game has really gotten a lot better with Godert. Uh, back in at tight end, so it'll it'll certainly be a, a big time challenge for us. And then uh, going back home, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's you back, never, back you know, to, those don't get old, right? Going no, back. they never do. And there's a lot of uh, you know being from the East Coast, 
uh, it's it's always it brings back a lot of memories. And then for me, coaching in in Philadelphia as well, that's where I got started. That was my first coaching position. So uh, there'll be a lot of friends and family there. I just they better be rooting for the right team. <laughs> that's right, navy blue and orange. Yeah, that's, right. uh, that's for sure. What will be your message this week as we wrap up? We got thirty seconds with you. J- just stay the course. Stay the course. Keep grinding. Stay the course. Uh, we talked last week about the trust and being together. Uh, nothing changes there. Let's just uh, let, let let's just uh, play loose. Play for have fun, just like you did when you were eight years old. You started playing football. Just go back to everybody having fun and and, and cut it loose. All right, Matt. Good luck with your preparation this week. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. See Coming you. up next, we've got Chuck Pagano, the Bears' defensive coordinator. The Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy. And this hour featuring defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano. Brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants, Athletico Physical Therapy, and the Village of Bedford Park. Once again, the voice of the Bears, WBBM's Jeff Joniak. Takes it. Pressure coming on the blitz. Throws. And it's intercepted. Left side Fuller at the 25-20. End zone. Is he out of bounds? Shot of bounds, in the end Jeff. zone. Oh, boy. What a... Great call by Pagano. Back on the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants here from Hallis Hall and PNC Studios. Jeff Joniak and welcoming Chuck Pagano, the Bears defensive coordinator. Highlight there, Kyle Fuller's 18th career interception. Um, I think he's second in the NFC since he got in the league in 2014 and one of the tops in the league in interceptions. And, boy, they just keep growing and growing and growing. And when a guy gets interceptions, it keeps growing and growing in confidence over time. Not that he doesn't have that confidence, but really when he got here in his rookie year, he started swiping the ball. I remember a game against the 49ers. He had two picks, and they've just continued to mount. But break down that play a little bit when he when he swiped it, Chuck. Yeah, we talked going into that game that, you know, to get after Phillip Rivers, who's obviously going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, future, but uh, you know it, it was going to be rush coverage, you know, in disguise, and and the guys did a great job all day. And, and on that play, you know, we had uh, we had a, a, a pressure called, and you know we got great pressure. We got a guy free up the middle, and uh, Philip Rivers had to throw off schedule. Um, he did he wasn't allowed to step up, and Kyle made a great break on the on the ball. And uh, again, those guys do a great job. The coaches do a great job with them. They do a great job of preparing. He recognized the formation. He recognized the stem, the split, all those things, and, and stepped right in front and made a great play. You know, with Phillip, he's going to test you no matter what. He trusts everything about his arm. He trusts the area where the receiver is expected to be at. And so it shouldn't come as any surprise that at any point in the game he's going he's, he's gonna to try you deep. He's going to try something. And you guys really did a heck of a job keeping that to a minimum. Yeah, you know, especially early on. He got us, you know, there at uh, – you know, the end of the first half there, he got us on a double move, and it's one of those balls that goes up in the air, and you just know that 39 is going to go intercept that thing. Right. And, and uh, Williams, number 81 for the for the Chargers, went up and, and made a heck of a play. And and uh, But, you know, other than that, we had a few over routes that, uh, that got away from us. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, the guys did a really good job against a really good outfit. And really good on third down. There were some makeable third downs in terms of down and distance uh conversions that they've been good at and, and you guys sniffed it out in the first five first five attempts actually that was uh, big in the game kind of no. set the tone for owning the clock yeah no it, it was huge and you look at the time of possession at the end of the game and we had the ball 38 minutes and again that's a byproduct where we've struggled is we haven't been able to get off the field on third down and and that team coming in was uh highly highly ranked you know on third down conversions and Again, I just I credit our, our our coaches and and 
put a great plan together. They they implemented that plan, and the guys went out and executed. How much did your defense need that to just not have to be on the field that long? No, it, it's huge, and you know you'd like to you know take the ball away, you know, like we did, and you got to get you know you got to you know get off the field, and you got to get the ball back to your offense. But uh, you know, from a confidence standpoint, to be able to go out and start the way that we started. You know, three and out, three and out, four. I mean, they were all three or four and outs. You know, I think we had one, you know, in those first three or four drives, I think we, they had one earned first down on a first, you know, a possession and 10 pass play. Uh, so, it built, you know, builds great confidence. And, and uh, you know, now it, now it turns into we got we to gotta find a way to create some short fields. It's interesting, and I never really thought about this till you just answered the question that way. It is is important for a defense to find its rhythm early in a game as it is offensively. You just assume, yeah, for sure offensively, but is that the case also for for defense? Sure. It's it's blood in the water type of mentality. And so anytime you can have that kind of uh, success, uh, especially coming off the last last couple games uh, where we haven't played as as well or executed as well as we as we can, uh, to be able to do that, you know, series after series after series, it only gives you great confidence going back out Yet, there. You know, as you might expect, Khalil Mack after the game saying we we, we got to stop allowing points. I mean, just you know, even though you guys were in sudden change situations, you made you made uh, uh, some great stops. Um, that's a lot to to ask of a defense. No, but you love the mindset. Yeah. You know, we gave up too many points, and he said it perfectly. You know, and we can't do that. Based on how the game was going, uh, you know, that's just what our job is. And so I love their, I love their mentality. Uh, I loved his quote. I loved where they're all coming from because they're all, they're all wired the, the same way that way. And that moving forward, that only gives you great, great hope. Chuck Pagano on the Bears Coaches Show. We'll have another segment with Coach. The Bears Coaches Show with defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano and WBBM's Jeff Joniak continues. Under center, Phillip Rivers. He takes, gonna throw. Rivers, back to throw, in trouble, hit from behind, and down he goes! Sacked at the nine by Khalil Mack! Big sack by Khalil Mack there, uh, getting a chance uh, for the ball to come back to the Bears and have a, a game-winning drive. Uh, unfortunately, that did not finish the way that they had hoped, but the play itself was big. Back on the Bears Coaches Show with Chuck Pagano, um, and, and getting that sack when it happened really changed the whole complexion of what might happen at the end of the game. Yeah, and uh, I go back to that. I think there was, you know, they started that drive with uh, 204 left in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Sean Desai does the the two-minute breakdown for us, and he he called down on the headset and he said, Coach, you know, with time left on the clock and they know that they have the two-minute warning coming up, this has been in their uh, history going back, this has been typically a shot down for them. So, you know, we put a call in there that, that gave us depth in the defense, you know, a four-man rush, and lo and behold, they tried to, you know, go down the field and take a shot, and the, and the, uh, the guys executed the coverage, you know, perfectly. I credit Sean, you know, for giving me that heads up, and, and uh, he had to hold the ball. You know, and 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 Khalil made a you know did a great job, and it's just always one extra hitch or two, and it gives your pass rush you know a chance to get to the quarterback, and then you got a second and long and a third and long, and the guys executed on third down, and what a tackle you know Kyle, you know and and Buster made, and then Prince coming up and finishing the thing off, because we've seen time and time again where you, you're a foot short, you know, and the guy falls forward, that was, and they step in front, yes. and and they you know they give him the line to gain, crunched him. 
No, it was it was it was it was obviously a huge, uh, big point in that game to give a ball back to the offense, give them a chance. On, on that, Max, I, I I sounded surprised that they went back to throw, and so Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner, goes, "You you sounded really surprised." And I go, "I I am, I, I'm surprised, but again, that's why I'm not a coach, and that's why the research and the and the analytics are so important." Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, um, yards after the catch, they were great at it uh, coming in, and how did you feel that you guys? did because I, I didn't see a lot of yards after contact, yards after the catch finishing at the point where, you're, you know, just like that Hunter Henry tackle there was so important you just explained. Yeah, I, I think the guys did a great job because, you know, coming in, we talked especially about Eckler. You know, he had he was leading the league in, yeah. in yak yards and things like that. So I thought the guys in the undercovers, when they did check it down, um, we stapled those guys to the ground. Uh, if they did hit an over route, you know, it was hit, it was tackled, it was stapled to the ground. So I thought, you know, for the you know better part of that game and, and most of that game that we did a good job That's there. That's a very descriptive way. To talk about finishing, staple you can visual stapled to the ground means that's it done. That's it. There, there's no yeah. extra effort. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Have you always referred to stuff like that on plays like that? Stapled to the that's ground. That's what we always talk about yeah, in the defensive like room with these guys. Is staple them to the ground. We used to say, "Hey, tackle them not to the ground, but through the ground." But now you got to be careful because of you know the player safety stuff. So yeah. I like it, though. Yeah. That's a very visual way of describing a tackle, for sure. I want to talk to Roquan Smith. Uh, he really had outward emotion. I brought it up with Coach prior to, to you arriving here tonight on the show. Uh, just a real emphatic performance from him in terms of his emotion and everything. Um, it, it, fi- it felt like he just let it let it loose. Yeah. What, what's your perspective? Yeah, there's no doubt about it because, you know, you know everybody's, you know, What's wrong with 58? What's wrong with – there's nothing wrong. Sometimes you just – you. Ha- this is a tough game, and we all understand what we signed up for, playing and coaching. And he went out there and, and he played his tail off. And there was no hesitancy in his game. Uh, he was not tentative. You know, and we told all those guys all week long, we're going to have a simple plan. You know, uh, we're going to let you guys play, play hard and play fast. And, and there is you, – you can't make a mistake today. There's, you cannot make a mistake today. Get lined up, communicate, get on the same page, and, and when the play presents itself, pull the trigger. And that's exactly what he did, and he played a whale of a game. Is, is that sometimes difficult for a coach, especially a veteran coach like yourself or any coordinator, that you want to add maybe something into the game plan that you know is not so simple, and you try it out, you do it, and but it's is simple always better? Do simple better. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you tackle better, you know, than your opponent, you get off blocks better, and you and you communicate better. Good things are going to happen to you. So we always go in, and and you want to have a wrinkle or two, but you can't you can't cross that line, you know, to where you're ankle weighting these guys and they can't play fast. And we got we got great players, and if we just let them do that, um, we're going to be successful. The other part was stopping the run. I mean, they didn't run it that much. They didn't have that many snaps, but. They could have easily had some, you know, they have Melvin Gordon. He has not found his rhythm yet since holding out, and so I think that slowed down the train a little bit, but you didn't want that train to start revving up. You don't you don't want that, so was that pounded in their head? No, absolutely. That's that's every week, yeah. you know, and you got to make uh, every team that you play one-dimensional. Our guys did a great job of, of that. You know, after the big pass play, you know, we gave up the 19-yard TD run. Um, we just didn't execute and fit that thing up right, and, uh, you know, so that was really – uh, you know, 33 yards rushing and 19 came on one play. So our front seven did a great job. The Bears Coaches Show with head coach Matt Nagy continues exclusively on the home of the Bears, 
News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM. Back with Chuck Pagano, Bears defensive coordinator, as they prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll touch on that in a moment. I want to talk about, because every coach offensively wants explosives. Bears had a bunch of explosives yesterday. Felt good to get those. You don't want explosives. And I believe, I just saw a stat, you guys are sixth fewest explosives allowed in the NFL. So no matter what's happened so far defensively, is that encouraging for you to hear that? Yeah, you know, again, you go back and you do you do drive studies, and and one thing we always talk about is is the sins, self-inflicted negative. So don't penalize yourself. Try to eliminate, you know, mental errors, critical errors, those type those type of things, and explosive plays. And you go back and you look at every drive uh, that we've defended this year. If there's been a penalty or an explosive, one or the other or both, uh, usually leads to points, you know, by your opponent. So. Um, you know, we had the, the two explosives back-to-back, you know, and, and gave up a touchdown. Um, we had another uh, situation, you know, the second sudden change uh, there in the second half where we went out, um, got a penalty, I think, a first down stop, and then, if, you know, uh, Leonard makes a great play in the open field, and yeah. it's, it's an aggressive, you know, he's not trying to do what happened on the face mask deal. It's an aggressive, you know, type of deal that happens sometimes. Victim and it's, unfor- it's unfortunate because then they get first and goal at the 10. And, and then I didn't put him in a great spot on that down. I, I take, you know, blame for that on a, on a poor play call on my part. And they end up getting another touchdown there. So um, you have to limit the explosive because, you know, offenses generally, they don't have the patience you know, to go the long, hard way yep. and keep chipping away at it. And so they're going to try to get those. And if you, if you make them do that, eventually they're going to they're gonna mess it up and turn the ball over and make a mistake. All right, you're starting to prepare for Carson Wentz. Bears did not face him in the playoffs last year due to his injury. So uh, Nick Foles was the guy. But, uh, you know, even just watching him warm up when, when the Bears played him a couple of years ago before a game, man, he, he puts in some serious work. He's, he does very much like Peyton Manning did. And... Um, what are you facing with Carson Wentz right now? Yeah, like you said, he's he's very cerebral. Um, he understands and knows the game uh, from a talent standpoint. Um, the arm talent's off the chart. It's it's elite. And then what makes him really, really special is that, uh, you know, his escapability, uh, his uh, mobility, his, his ability to create, you know, and extend plays is, is off the charts. And uh, he's a tough guy to get down in the pocket, and he's a tough guy to, to handle outside the pocket. So we're going to have to do a great job. We're just, you know, obviously in the beginning stages of, of breaking these guys down. But this guy's a talented, talented guy, and they've got a lot of talent around him. So there's a lot of weapons, so it'll be a huge challenge for it's us. It's a unique situation. It- it happens, but you know these guys all love Jordan Howard. Now he's going to be ca- carrying the rock for the Eagles. Uh, what do you, as a defensive coordinator, tell your guys about that, if anything? Well, they obviously know who he is and what type of runner he is. Uh, we know he's going to come in uh, with extra motivation. Yeah. You can't focus on that. It's do your job. You know, get lined up, communicate. You know, beat the man in front of you, uh, and if he shows up, tear off a block and make the tackle. But we can't focus on that. Big Chuck, as we wrap up with you, Gibson's Restaurant Group wanted to thank you for joining us on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. Enjoy the gift card to enjoy a meal at any of their Chicagoland locations. Appreciate your time. Good luck this week with the preparation. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy, defensive coordinator Chuck Pagano, and producers Dan Barilli and Kevin Foy, Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson, I'm Jeff Joniak. 9 a.m. the pregame, noon the kickoff. Bears and Eagles from Philadelphia. Thanks for listening tonight, everybody. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. Good night.